SBN News, Episode 20. Network News, highlighting awesome Savage Worlds content and news shared by publishers, licensees, and fans with your hosts, Christian Serrano and Ron Blessing. Hey folks, Christian here, and in this episode, we've got tons of new product from up-and-coming licensees. Ron, do you want to go ahead and kick us off? You know, I do, but first I want to comment on that beautiful voice that everybody just heard, and I have to wonder if people are going to recognize who that was. Don't say who it is. I'm not going to. Okay, good. No, I want I want people to tell us who that is. Should we do a no prize contest? Yeah, let's do a no prize, and uh, I will give the hint. It is a blast from the past for the Savage community. Yes, I'll I'll, I'll do that. So yeah, let's let's get into the products though. Rippers, Rippers is like the best thing ever, and it's out now. Yes, yes, it is. They so they finally released the products for Rippers, and what else did they release? They also released the Ripper's Lost Library. Basically, what that means is they've gotten the original core book, the original companion, the adventures, and a like two-page uh, sheet that tells you how to play the old Rippers with the new Ripper's rules. And, uh, the, and that also includes the, the player's guide with the site license too, right? I believe so. Yeah. So it's all in there. Uh, if you want to run the original Rippers campaign before you run the new Rippers campaign, you can totally do that. It's all been deluxified. And, you know, it's really only two rules that that have to be accounted for. So uh, thanks to the consistency of Savage Worlds, it's, it'll be pretty easy to make that happen. So wait, so this has been deluxified as well? Well, it hasn't been deluxified. You just use that sheet and then it's deluxified. Oh, right, right, right. Basically, uh, I'll tell you what the sheet says. It says, get rid of guts, and it has the old melee damage of strength plus one, strength plus two, strength plus three. Right. And it gives you a conversion code for that, for which dice to use, and you're done. That's everything you have to do to make Rippers work for Deluxe. That's pretty cool. So I'm looking at the list here. So it's also got the figure flats. You also get yep. the uh, Horror Wars, which is a showdown rule set. Yep. Which is pretty cool. And what's really neat is the figure flats have everything you need to play Rippers the Horror Wars as well. That's really cool. So you can actually make the squads that are in Rippers the Horror Wars with those figure flats. So it's it's a really neat setup, and people should go check it out. You, you know what the really cool part about it all is? What? It's only like nine bucks. You know what the really cool part about it is? What? I automatically got it as a Kickstarter backer. I'm jealous. That's the best part. I'm jealous. I know that was like the the gamer equivalent of I just saved a bunch of money on my car insurance, so I'm sorry, but it is what it is. It is. <laughs> it is what it is, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, so a fan setting is becoming a licensee setting, right? Tell us yes. about that. Yeah, so uh, we've talked about The King is Dead in, in the past, on, on past episodes, and this is, uh, if, if you haven't listened or if you need a refresher, this is Sean Bircher over on wineandsavages.blogspot.com. Great and website. Great website. King is Dead is, is a really cool concept of a setting 
Um, Sean Brutcher has also been doing work with foreign hand games on Steamscapes. And of course, it stands to reason that now Steams or foreign hand games is going to be um, producing and publishing Sean's The King is Dead setting for Savage Worlds. Related to this, by the way, I saw Steamscapes North America out in the wild this week. Oh, cool. Where'd you see it? At my friendly local game store, Isle of Games, here in Tucson, Arizona. Very cool. Very cool. So I just had to throw that out there. Nice, nice. So, uh, I, yeah, congratulations, Sean. This is fantastic and uh, good, great news to hear, and good luck. There are so many savages that with a couple of tweaks, the stuff that they're doing out there for free, they could be getting paid for. I know. And, and you know, obviously, Sean is one of those people. And um, I just don't need the distractions. I don't. I just, <laughs> there's, there's too much already. I'm 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 having decision paralysis again. All this stuff has has inspired me to to go back to some things that I used to work on that I stopped working on. So hopefully we'll have news on that later. Very cool. So that's hopefully. that's really neat that the king is is dead is uh, is back. Yeah. And then uh, another release here we have got. Um, uh, drive-through RPG release, and this one is called Caves of the Cobalt Queen. It's from Cut to the Chase Games, uh, written by Weird Dave Olson, who was the mind behind the old, um, old school style fantasy adventures that Reality Burrs used to put out. That's right. And um, it's really neat because this looks like a first edition D and D or a basic D and D adventure which with the the styling uh right down to being uh designated wk1 <laughs> so it's it's got that letter number designation like the old modules did it looks like the trade dress is really similar to that and so i think you have a good idea of what you're going to be getting from this yeah. um and that is an old school fantasy style experience and this so, is uh, a this is a sequel to the uh, WK Zero module that we talked about some episodes back, right? Um, and there's actually I think a two and three as well that that'll be right. coming out in the future. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Weird Dave Olson, he's he's a, a veteran savage. He's been around for a number of years, and yep. uh, and he does pretty good work. So I'm I'm looking forward to this series and seeing how it, how it turns out. And WK stands for Wrath of the Kobolds. So. Right. Uh, there's there's a lot. This is all going on with with kobolds and and if you like that, uh, again, cut to the chase games. Check it out. Yeah, I like the idea of doing uh, some old, some you know continuing old school fantasy stuff with Savage Worlds. Um, I think Savage Worlds can do it. Um, oh, I it think certainly it, can. I, yeah, I think that uh, some people will bemoan the idea of Savage Worlds doing that stuff, but one thing that people probably don't remember is that early D&D didn't have the huge power curve that modern D&D has. Right. So the flatter power curve that you get with Savage Worlds is totally appropriate to that older stuff. Maybe some of the spells aren't as powerful, but as far as the power curve itself goes, the only thing I would say is if you really want that old school feel, uh, you're going to want to play with uh, the critical failures rule and the gritty damage rule. Yeah. Yeah, in my absolutely. opinion. Right. So 
So uh, another release from this is a sort of a repeat of previous releases, so to speak. Uh, cast of Cards. These guys. It's it's a warning label. They're pumping these things out like crazy. They're doing official licensed products now as well. This is the second core set for Accursed. So if you're running an Accursed game, get Core One, get Core Two. These cards are great. They're high quality. You can get print on demand through Drive Through RPG. What's really neat is they you can also use dry erase marker on them. Uh, so if you want to like quickly change numbers and stuff to suit whatever it is you're doing in the, in the middle of a game, you can. Um, they're a great product, and lots of people who've bought them swear by them. So I, I've got to say, you know, all this talk um, between um, Disavow and you, and all the times that we have talked about their products coming out on the show. Um, I finally caved and bought the two Savage Worlds core, core rules card sets. Nice, and um, and had those done print on demand, and they are really gorgeous. And I showed them to Veronica, and and she's excited about how neat they look as well. Yeah. So um, and they feel good in the hand. They, they you know they're easy yeah. to, to to mix up, shuffle whatever, um, and they're they're standard card size. So if you have you know they're 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 i think they're either poker size or bridge size but they are a standard size nonetheless yeah mm -hmm. so um i believe it is poker size it is poker yeah i will say that the print quality for their cards is better than their print on demand for their books at at drive through rpg i i would agree with that yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah in fact uh i've been tempted to order the accursed action deck because of the quality of the cards yeah, no, it's it's. A, I have cards uh, from them for different game systems, and I I do have cards that require shuffling, and they shuffle great, and it it runs really well. So yeah. definitely recommended. Yeah. Um. So a Kickstarter is starting to get fulfilled. Uh, the the Guild of Shadows campaign guide, along with some other products for Guild of Shadows, have come out. I know that you backed Guild of Shadows. It was at a time I, I couldn't. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about this? So um, I, I will start off by saying, on the whole, I really like this product. I was I was a little skeptical. I uh, was kind of feeling a little bit buyer's remorse. But once I got the product, I like it. I really like it. So I'm a big fan of rogues. I, I used to love playing rogues in D&D &D, uh, or thieves or whatever. What this is is it's essentially a setting but kind of also a toolkit for running a game where the, the entire party is a collection of rogue-type characters. Um, so if you wanted to do like a Lankmore-style game or if you wanted to do like Lies of Lakomora, that sort of thing? Yes, exactly. And, and it's got a very sort of Ocean's Eleven kind of feel to it in that what, the way the adventures are written, they're not geared toward um, you know, going a room at a time and you know, exploring in that way. You basically get a layout and you start planning the heist, so to speak, or whatever it is that you're going to do. And so every character will have a role, and you, you, you plan out the whole thing in detail. It's all based on getting as much information as you can and then executing you know, the, the plan, which is kind of a neat approach. But what's really cool, what I liked about it, right, off, right, off the, 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 right out of the gate, you, um, when you open the book and you're reading it, you immediately see addressed in the book about how easy it is to make every rogue character very different and very unique yeah. uh, including the archetypes including the types of edges and hindrances that they're that they've added uh including the roles even two people playing similar archetypes you know how they can vary in role and um 
and it's it's a phenomenal phenomenal toolkit. Uh, as far as any complaints that I have so far, I've only gotten through the edges. I haven't gotten all the way through the book yet. Right. Um, but as far as uh, complaints in the edges section, they don't distinct. They don't separate the edges by type, so you don't gotcha. have combat edges, social edges, etc. Um, they just put them all together, and then they do in parentheses what type of edge it is. Um, okay. I think that's fine because it's easier to look them up alphabetically. But yeah, and then uh, it's but then different, I'll- but it's it, it makes sense. Yeah, it it just breaks the the pattern I'm used to is, is right. what it is. Um, and also when you have like, you know, a certain edge and then like maybe like an improved version or whatever, the improved version is usually indented. Um, they don't do that. And so it's gotcha. all completely, completely alphabetized. And it, what it reminded me of and why I kind of like, eh, you know, wasn't too keen on it is it reminded me of how the old, you know, D&D 3.5 books were written. Gotcha. Everything was just alphabetical. It didn't matter, you know, what type of it was. The one product that came out for this that I thought was really exciting is the Rogue's Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which gives you like stats on like Guy Fox and Robin Hood and Blackbeard and Jack the Ripper and all these roguish type characters from literature. Yeah. Um and and you know, some that actually lived, like Blackbeard was a real pirate. So, you know what's kind of cool is uh Richard Wilcock, who we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Um, did a, did, he was a an author, a co-author of this book, as well as the technical editor, and he also uh, authored I think ten, ten of the Rogues Rogues Hall of Fame uh, for Guild of Shadows characters. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, and I, I don't know how many characters in there. I haven't looked. I haven't looked through it, but uh, I know he, in his own post somewhere he said uh, he was given ten characters. He actually has some like three extras that didn't quite fit the bill um, that he he made available for free but nice. um yeah so this is i'm, I'm kind of uh, he, he does good work with stat blocks and stuff so i, I trust him I think yeah no good. absolutely i think that's a that's a neat um kind of a thing for him to be doing it's right in his wheelhouse right right so and then the last thing they did well they did some maps and then they did the three adventures that you can also buy in a bundle right Right. So there's a lot of stuff to go with that. Very there cool. is. Yeah, right off the right out of the gate there's a whole bunch of stuff to support the setting and uh came out quickly. Yeah, and and what's cool is I don't know that I'm going to use this setting, but I think I will definitely pull this into my Lockmark campaign. Um Sweet. I, I think there's going to be some good material in there. Um and and uh one last thing too, what I really like about it is you know you always hear the argument sometimes from people who just dro- dro- dove into Savage Worlds that you know all characters kind of look the same, all rogues look the same, yada yada yada. This right. is a really great example uh, of how you can strongly make each character unique. Even though they're all rogues, they're all very different. And I like, and, uh, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's very cool. And and you know, if you if you played Savage Worlds for a while, you you know how to do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that have not played it as long as let's say we have that. Uh, that you see it and you're like, oh, rogue's a rogue. This isn't a class-based system. And right. so when you're not playing in a class-based system, a rogue is not necessarily a rogue. Right. And uh, just like a warrior is not a warrior and, you know, ad infinitum, you can go on and on. Well, what people typically look at is the, in, in my opinion, they look at the professional edge and they look at the skills and stop there. Right. Yeah, and, that, and right. that's it. And that's, that's not fair. You know, it's not a fair yeah. way to, to assess it. Absolutely. So, yeah. But that said, on that really high note, I think we are uh, we're done with the news. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we did it all. So uh, 
Thank you for listening. And be sure to visit the SBN website at www.savagebloggers.net where we have links to the aggregated SBN RSS feed, podcast subscription links, and more. If you enjoy our podcasts and you want to show your support, be sure to check out our Patreon page or PayPal donation link, both of which are available on the main website. And whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. Hey, Christian, what's the stupidest animal in the jungle? Uh, I don't know. Polar bear. <laughs> <laughs>